Thank you for listening to the best barbecue show. My name is Yoni. I'm your host, and I'm telling the story of Texas barbecue. I wanted to check in with y'all because we have a lot of new people here. The show has been climbing a ton of charts all over the world. I get a lot of statistics on Apple Podcasts. And we're in top 100 in America, top 50 in Sweden, top 100 in Australia. So to all our friends all over the world, I wanted to welcome you. And uh, yeah, for everyone who's been listening, welcome back. It's been an amazing few years hosting the show, telling the stories, interviewing the amazing guests, the super interesting people of Texas Barbecue. Now, for those of you who are new, I talk a lot about Texas Barbecue, but that doesn't necessarily mean... We're in Texas. Texas barbecue has blown up ever since about 2011. And you you can actually see different people cooking Texas barbecue all over the world. I'll get into that in just a few. But on this show, we talk about barbecue. We talk about cooking it, uh, whether it's your pellet grill at home uh, or your stick burner, uh, which is our most popular, our favorite way to cook. In Texas, when we talk about stick burners, we're talking about usually offsets, something that takes large chunks of wood, usually oak, maybe a white oak. There's also some red oak that's been popping up, depending on your region. Uh, The cool thing about barbecue is it's not specific to one area. You can cook barbecue with dragon fruit wood. You can cook barbecue with pecan, hickory. There's a lot of fruit woods uh, kind of in the southeast, Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi. Uh, But... Mostly I like to talk about the people uh, because the only thing more interesting than the food are the people cooking it. The people that spend 8, 10, 12, 16 hours a day cooking barbecue. Uh, As much as I love going out to get a steak, there's very few places that spend two or three days just to serve you a meal. And I think that's one of the things that makes Texas barbecue so unique. Uh, Specifically, the size of our pits. If you've seen Texas barbecue, there's 250, 500, even 1,000-gallon pits. Now, I've seen some that are a little bit bigger, but generally, the offset cookers that I've seen, the maximum is 1,000. Now, I've seen some weird, giant, big rigs, uh, but I don't necessarily know exactly how they work, exactly how the airflow is. I think it's actually three or four pits welded together, but if anyone has more information on pits bigger than 1,000, I'd love to see them. I'd love to come check it out. I'd love to get some footage of it. Because one of the things we're doing this year that goes a little beyond the last few years is we're getting on YouTube. We now have, I don't know, let's see here. We now have probably a dozen, maybe two dozen videos here on uh, on YouTube. And there's a new one coming up every week. Uh, we're going to be doing lots of reels and TikToks and lots of short videos just to show off all the different ways. Texas barbecue is good, so if you're on any of those platforms, feel free to tag us. As you probably know, I'm very active on Instagram, so that's a great place to find me. I love talking to people who are cooking barbecue, who are just all about barbecue. A big opportunity right now is all the shipping. I mean, it sucks because a lot of cities are on lockdown. A lot of us are having trouble with 
jobs and all these things, but one of the benefits is places like Snow's, Louis Miller Barbecue, Style Switch, Bangers are all shipping in this way so that you can actually reheat it and have real Texas barbecue in your own home. But again, go check out the YouTube channel, subscribe, uh, check us out on TikTok, and uh, you'll see a lot of Instagram reels coming up. I've been flying my drone around and getting some really fun footage uh, to show off all the cool places that are in Texas. Now, unlike a lot of those quick and dirty social media platforms, this show is about taking our time. If you've seen the show, if you've listened before, a lot of my interviews are an hour. Uh, some of the real heroes, some of the real legends, like the guys at 2M Smokehouse, will do two, two and a half hours. And uh, I'm hoping to bring you guys a ton more of those interviews. I love getting really deep because a lot of these, a lot of people that cook barbecue aren't used to talking on a mic. Sometimes they get nervous or they're not necessarily open right away. The cool thing is after 15, 30 minutes, they start to loosen up. They start telling stories. They start laughing. They start having a good time. And if you've seen the 2M episodes, specifically, I'd tell you to check out on YouTube or on the podcast, our 2M Megasode, uh, two and a half hours of just amazing fun. Those guys are the perfect example of just relaxed, having a good time, just talking about barbecue. And that's what I consider my job. I consider my job to spread the gospel of barbecue, not in a religious way, not in a, a, a way where we're forcing people to do Texas barbecue. But if you're into Texas barbecue, man, we're probably going to be friends. Uh, I think back a lot to when uh, Cody from Hoodoo Brown Barbecue, shout out to Connecticut Barbecue. Again, there's a lot of Texas style going on up there, but it's in Connecticut. But shout out to them because I remember sitting around with Cody at Red Dirt a couple of years, years ago in May. And uh, it was great to talk to him because he, uh, he said that people around him get tired of talking about barbecue. They say, hey, is that all you want to talk about, barbecue? And uh, I, it, it almost looked like he was going to cry because he was so excited to be able to talk to us literally all day about barbecue. And that's something we do. If you love talking about barbecue, you're in the right place. Now, not only do I have the episodes that are on YouTube, but I have a lot of my interviews from 2019 have been videotaped and even some from 2018. So again, subscribe to the YouTube. I'm, try I'm not trying to push it. I just, uh, I'm really excited for what's going on because I basically just taught myself how to edit videos and yeah, I'm going to have at least another 40 or 50 episodes up from the backlog while also editing all the stuff that I'm recording now and you know, it's a lot, but I'm excited to get it out there for you. Now, if y'all know anybody who likes to edit or is a content creator in any way, please hit me up. Let me know because there's nothing more that I need than a little bit of help with what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, the show's huge. I mean, we've grown a lot. We've gotten over 200,000 downloads since we started in 2017. Uh, we've got thousands of views, hundreds of hours of views on YouTube. Right now, as I'm recording this, we have 444 subscribers, which is funny. I just bought something earlier that was $4.44. Must be a magic number. But uh, that sound you're hearing is me twisting up all my post-its as I'm going over the different topics I want to talk about. 
but yes, 444 subscribers on the YouTube, hoping to have thousands. And, uh, you know, it grows every time I create something. So our most recent episode on there is a late night cook with Mauro, a.k.a. Max Kifari, uh, Texacana Barbecue, a comedian, a hilarious person, an amazing Italian man who took the time to sit down with me. We, me and him have actually traveled all over the country. Uh, we did a lot last year, you know, when we could travel and we've tasted and cooked really interesting types of barbecue uh, and in general beyond texas barbecue there's a lot of twists going on there's a lot of fusions there's a lot of things going on that i still consider texas barbecue but maybe they're a bit of a twist a bit of a change or something a little different from what you're used to uh, the first thing that comes to mind is koi barbecue these guys are out of houston uh, you can check them out on episode on episode 132, that's Koi Barbecue. Uh, the video is coming out soon. But that's with uh, Don and Theo Koi, as well as their whole crew. Uh, a really fun group of guys. And you find this a lot in barbecue. The 2M guys are very similar in this way, where it's not just people who have a job. It's not just guys showing up like, oh, great, here I go. I work this place. It's friends. It's groups of people who actually have a passion for the barbecue. And they're working together. They're staying up late. They're uh, every once in a while I'll catch them online playing some video games, and we'll all play together. While they're at the same time have a smoker going in their backyard, uh, and these guys do pop-ups that are super unique. They do banh mi. They do fuzz and ramens and all kinds of fusions where they take these Asian flavors and they put them into amazing dishes now this is something i like to do at home this is something that you can try yourself you know you you have some leftover barbecue and some ramen put them together i think barbecue complements almost anything uh, i've been doing a lot of the mac and cheese with brisket in it big fan of that big fan of all the ways that texas barbecue is twisting and turning and becoming new and different uh you know if you know anything about vietnamese cuisine it's very influenced by the French. You know, the, the fuzz is a consomme. Uh, the banh mi is a baguette sandwich. Um, but shout out to yet another awesome Houston spot, Blood Brothers Barbecue. These guys cook on Pitmaker Pits, which are made in Houston. Amazing airflow, really cool designs. But they also put their own twists. They do all kinds of sandwiches and specials. Uh, every time you go on the Blood Brothers Instagram, you will see something unique and different. In fact, I am talking to them about going down there. I might spend a week in Houston just so that I can hit up, basically hit them up every day because every other day or every day they're open, they usually have some sort of special. And it's just, uh, it's just amazing to see all the stuff that's coming out on their Instagram and to hear about, you know, they're, they're being featured and interviewed and on the news and as much as Texas barbecue has blown up in the past decade, I think it's only going to blow up faster. Really, the only thing slowing it down was a, a little spike in brisket prices there a couple months back and our inability to travel right now. Uh, someone else to check out on the West Coast is Moose Barbecue. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it a fusion, but they're doing a lot of the Texas stuff. Plus, they're making unique sausages. Their side dishes, their elote and esquite, are incredible. Uh, and their key lime pie is... Uh, you can ask Michelle Munoz. Uh, she can tell you every time they post that key lime pie, I put a drooly face or I do something because 
man, everything they <laughs> everything that they are posting really just looks incredible. Uh, and I'm planning a pretty big LA trip. Obviously, I'm going to wait till it's safe, till we're all traveling a little more carefully. Uh, I might even drive or take a train just to take my time going out there, maybe stop in Phoenix. Uh, I hear there's a place called Little Miss I haven't been to, met the owner, it snows a while back, and it might be fun to check out. I've also seen their pits. Pretty interesting designs. Um, but again, my friend Max is another guy doing some really interesting, you know, he's he's doing a, a, a tongue that's pastrami'd or these different beef hearts and things that he does in this Italian way, but then he smokes it Texas style. Uh, and honestly, there's fusions that, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't even call it fusions. I just call it uh, kind of an elevation or a, a, a lateral move. For example, um, Chef John Bates at Interstellar Barbecue. If you go over to Interstellar Barbecue, you're going to get, uh, you know, these scalloped potatoes. Uh, they call they call it au gratin, I think. I don't know. They're smoked, stacked, cheesy. I could literally eat two pints of it. I could eat two quarts of it. Uh, it's hard for me not to leave Interstellar without quarts full of sides, all their meats. He's doing all kinds of things with chicken. They were doing burgers the other day. Uh, again, follow me on Instagram. Hit me up. I can connect you with so many different places. Uh, but beyond that, Texas Barbecue is traveling all over the world. Uh, for example, if anyone knows Dave Peralta out in the Philippines, uh, if you message him, he will probably become your best friend like he is with the rest of us. Uh, really energetic guy, loves what he's doing. But he's in the Philippines cooking with tamarind and dragon fruit wood. They built their own smokers out of barrels that they have out there. They're importing Angus beef. They're importing all kinds of interesting American-type meats and cooking them Texas-style. I mean, some of the stuff you'll see on his Instagram is literally exactly what you would see in Texas or uh, at one of the pop-ups or the restaurants that are in California now. Thinking more domestically, uh, one of my favorite cooks that isn't in Texas is Blake Stoker. Now, Blake Stoker, you can check out, let me look up the episode here, but his whole family has been working together just to create amazing barbecue. Uh, and he was even chosen by Food Network, I believe, as the best ribs in Tennessee, which means the best ribs in Tennessee are actually Texas ribs. No offense, Tennessee. Number 104 is the last episode of Blake Stoker. Man, Blake, I owe you an episode. We got to talk again soon. Uh, he was actually in town, but he was uh, he was on a trip uh, trying to get away from the stress of barbecue, so I didn't force him on the mics. But yeah, stay tuned for another episode from Blake Stoker. An amazing dude. He He's training uh, some new people. He's right across the street from a Sonic, so you always see him drinking Baja Blast and all kinds of uh, high-sugar Sonic drinks. Uh, but it sounds like he's a... Uh, you know, he's got a good relationship with those guys, even though his line's usually longer than the one at Sonic. Uh, he's doing a good job out there in Martin, Tennessee. And his sister quit her work to come help him. His mother's helping. She's making uh, a lot of the sides and the desserts. A lot of great stuff. I'm excited to see, and I'm excited to go check out. Now, if we go to the Northwest here, uh, if you want to check out Matt's Barbecue, they're episode number 135, and it's another great example of a crew, a group of people that 
want nothing more than to hang out. I mean, there, there's literally a truckload of them coming down to Austin. I think there was nine or ten of them that I interviewed, and they have so much fun together. You can feel the energy. You can feel how excited they are to be out tasting barbecue. Now, I caught them at the end of their trip, so we'd already run into them at Snow's. We were at Leroy and Lewis, and you could tell they were they were getting a little full. They were getting to that point where, you know, they'd probably been to five places a day for multiple days, uh, and it's a great feeling to have almost too much barbecue in your system, to taste all these tastes. and And Leroy and Lewis is a great place to end that trip, because you are going to have some of the most unique bites there, whether it's their smoked burger, their barbacoa, their barbacado. Uh, and they do whole hog in all kinds of ways. Uh, another great thing about Laura and Lewis is Bradley Robinson, a.k.a. Chud's Barbecue, is a big part of that crew. And he has a YouTube channel. So if you want to check out some of his recipes, the way he cooks, he actually builds his own pits. Great dude to check out. He was just on, I believe, episode 146. Yeah. So the episode right before this one. Uh, and he's just a great dude. Uh, he's got a great attitude. He's a, he's just a big loving bear. And while we were hanging out there, every time I took the last sip of my beer, he was already handing me another one. So check out Chud's barbecue. Oh, and Chud, aka Bradley Robinson, is helping Evan create a Patreon. So if you want to not only learn more about barbecue but support an amazing business. You can join their Patreon page, learn all their recipes, and at the same time, be supporting them monthly. Uh, Patreon's something I've thought about, but until I have one, I definitely suggest you do the Leroy and Lewis one. And they're actually starting to produce a podcast as well. Um, but next week, I will have an episode with Sawyer, who is the Lewis of Leroy and Lewis. Um, but Sawyer Lewis is the general manager and one of the most interesting women in barbecue. Uh, she's been the general manager since they started, and she just does so much hard work for that group. She helps events. She helps plan their new school barbecue weekends. She helps them do all their events and catering and has helped keep them alive whether or not the truck gets business. You know, a lot of these places aren't just getting their business from someone who walks up and gets a sandwich or gets a pound of brisket. These guys are hustling. They're finding, oh, this corporate event needs to feed 300 people? We got you. Oh, there's a 100 people who want fried chicken for this, you know, Apple event? We got you. I don't know. I made those two up. But I know they're out there hustling. I know they're helping a lot of people eat really good barbecue. And uh, it's a little harder right now, obviously. You know, it's COVID-19. Uh, and we don't really know how much longer this is going to go. We know that it's time to be careful. We know that we're all wearing masks and washing our hands and, and taking the precautions. But Texas especially, we're getting, we're loosening up a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit. Just a little, just a little bit. And so we're we're taking the time to see how this goes, to go to a few restaurants. You know, there's a few barbecue places where you can sit down now. Most of them are doing to go. A lot of them are shipping. Uh, thanks to Gold Belly and a lot of these other websites that help connect people all over the country with great Texas barbecue. Now, continuing with my bucket list or, or places that I'd like to cover all over the world, 
there's some places in Europe like Holy Smoke and John B's Barbecue who they actually have pits from America. They were crated up, shipped out there, and they're cooking on American offsets, on Texas offset pits. A lot of them have weird hours or they're only open in the summer because they're outdoors. For example, Holy Smoke, I think they're only open 72 days a year because their winters are so long up there. You know, that's part of living in Sweden, I guess. But Holy Smoke is doing some really beautiful stuff. And, you know, they have really interesting photographers and videographers going out there and just showing off all the stuff they're doing. Uh, John B's is a little newer. You can find him, John B Barbecue, on Instagram. And uh, he's a guy I definitely want to talk to because it sounds like he came from Texas and moved all the way out there just to open a barbecue joint. Super interesting dude. Coming back to America, uh, I'm super excited for Billy Durney. If you've seen him lately, it looks like he's slimmed down a little bit, uh, looking healthy, looking happy. Uh, he's got a place in Miami. He's got a place in New York. I just recently, uh, right around Valentine's Day, I was out in West Texas, ran into David Gill, who's one of his guys. Uh, but he's got an awesome crew, and Billy is just, uh, he's hes one of the biggest hearts in barbecue. Uh, you can hear him on, skipping through my list here, he was number 110. Uh, actually talked to him when I was out in L.A., uh, and then happened to coordinate, you know, he's a he's just such a generous dude. Uh, he gave me his info, told me to hit him up, I hit him up. Sure enough, when I got to New York, he was ready for me. I got to go down to Red Hook. A little harder to find a parking spot down there. Uh, driving in New York is just crazy. Uh, luckily, Max, who was staying in Staten Island, let me borrow his car. Drove over there. Uh, got there super early, you know, set up. Had everything ready to go. And uh, Billy was so generous that even though he said he's only got 20 minutes or something, he talked to me for an hour. And the hilarious part was that he was just starting to pick the wine list for his tavern that he was opening. So there was literally people, maybe seven people lining up glasses all across the table behind us. And while we're talking, he's looking at me and talking and I can see over his shoulder, wine bottles, glasses, pamphlets, tasting sheets. And all these people are sitting there waiting to talk to him, to have him taste these wines. And he's literally ignoring them and talking to me. So, I mean, I have nothing but the biggest heart for Billy Durney, um, just such a cool dude. And his story is amazing. You know, Yeti did a really interesting documentary on him. There's a few of them about his place caught fire, how he feeds the people of Brooklyn. He's just, he's all heart. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a big part of the barbecue world. And he learned here in Texas. He learned from Wayne Miller. Uh, and he even has Texas tattooed on his leg. But just just a just an awesome dude, and uh, every time I get to interact with him, whether it's on social media or in person, he's just he's just nothing but a treat. Speaking of New York, our, our good friend the Smoke Trail, aka Eric Faust, actually moved up to New York uh, right in the middle of all this COVID stuff. Uh, he made a mad dash with his 500 gallon Austin Smokeworks pit, and now he's up there and he is sourcing wood and he's sourcing meats and. It's going to be more of a pop-up thing, but if you're uh, north of New York City, I believe he's right along uh, the Hudson River somewhere. I'll get more information from him, but he is up and running, and I bet he has got some really interesting stuff coming up. Uh, again, the Smoke Trail on Instagram. Hit him up. Ask him what he's doing. If you're in the area, definitely check him out because 
I grew up in upstate New York, and I can tell you there's not a lot of good barbecue up there. Uh, I'm excited for him to set a new standard, and, and maybe even Billy or one of those guys will come up and try it. We're lucky here in Austin. I get at least, I don't even know, three dozen great barbecue joints here. You know, it all started with Aaron Franklin. Uh, you know, before that, there was a few places, but Aaron really stepped up and started treating each brisket in a special way, had his whole system, and it, it pushed everyone around to to treat every brisket a little better, to put a little bit more work into everything they're doing. And uh, I like that. I like seeing, uh, you know, every guy that I've met that's come from Franklin has a little bit more of an attention to each brisket. They have a little more feel. You know, there, there, there's, there's a reason why Aaron Franklin is getting inducted in, into the Hall of Fame. And uh, I'm excited to see what's next for him because I know he's been through everything when it comes to barbecue, you know, from James Beard to we saw him at the L.A. Food Bowl. Uh, but at the same time, just a simple down-to-earth guy. Daniel Vaughn cooked last summer and uh, me and him sat down and had lunch. And, you know, I, 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 I treasure these moments because... As much as these people are, you know, impossible to find at a Texas Monthly, when you live here and when you're a regular and when you're not hounding them for anything, you know, I've never asked Aaron to be on the show because I understand that he's constantly asked things from people. And so I purposely have never asked him for anything except maybe a few questions and chat with him whenever I run into him. And, and it's allowed me to be someone he likes to talk to, to be someone that... He, when he runs into, he's not worried about me trying to get something from him because I don't want anything from him. He's given so much to the barbecue world. I'm not going to ask any more of him. Maybe once the show's on its fourth or fifth year, we'll talk. But until then, there's so much more to cover, uh, including some of these big brands that I've been meeting and, and, and getting to know. Uh, for example, Certified Angus Beef. If you know anything about the show, you know I have been traveling with certified angus beef i went to north carolina for one of their big conventions i went to ohio to their food lab to their main headquarters to see what the biggest highest quality beef brand in america is doing uh, and, and it's super interesting you know it's like as much as it's this huge beef brand it, it, it's just a loving place you go in there and you run into someone in the hallway and they're like oh you don't who are you oh you need you need something to drink you need to know where you're going uh, it's just like it's like a family, and uh, I I feel so honored, and uh, and privileged to be connected with Certified Angus Beef because they are really just a great group of people that have an easy job. I mean, I'm sure that's an understatement because obviously their job isn't easy, but to me it's easy because they have an amazing brand. They have high quality beef. They have amazing chefs. They have these butchers like Diana Clark, aka Beef Maven. Check her out on Instagram. I've gotten to interview them and talk to them and just learn so much about beef just from hanging out with them. I've gotten to talk to their ranchers. I've gotten to talk to their meat scientists. I've gotten to talk to even some people from Texas A&M who have gotten some of their scholarships to do meat sciences. So just super cool. Uh, you can check them out. The uh, 123 to 126. And then I talked to them again over here at uh, 139, 137 through 139. And I talked to one of their executives. I talked to Blake 
Thurgood, who is a, a, a big representative certified Angus beef. He runs a Texas barbecue joint in Guatemala. Again, Texas barbecue is all over the world. Uh, and then number 139 is in the meat lab uh, with Diana Clark, a.k.a. Beef Maven. Just super interesting to, at one point, they pulled out a whole half a cow, cut it into pieces. I got to cut off the brisket. I got to do all these things. Now, there were some other barbecue people, but they're not from Texas. So uh, they did some things to brisket that I won't repeat, but it was a nightmare. <laughs> You know, they, they, they did some things like separate muscles, which, uh, you know, us Texans don't really like to do. We like to keep the uh, the brisket in a nice unit. We like to uh, to make an absolute unit of brisket. And then once it's cooked, we break that down into to bites and slices. But uh, all you guys out there that want to massacre your briskets, you know, no judgment here. Just not my thing. Uh, and another big brand I would love to work with a little bit more is Yeti. Uh, you know, they do so much for barbecue. They are all over the world uh, representing all my favorite barbecue people from Elliot Moss to Snows, Franklin Barbecue. You know, Yeti has been just an amazing partner to so many brands and and they make amazing gear. I've, I'm sitting right next to a one of their coolers. I got one of their soft bags and probably 10 of their cups in my kitchen. Uh, it's, it's something you need because for all of you who live in Texas, you know, keeping drinks cold is a challenge. Keeping food cold is a challenge. And at the same time, I use my Yeti to keep my briskets warm. You know, I, I don't have thousands of dollars to spend on Alta Sham or a Cambro or something to keep my briskets warm. So I literally just heat up one of my Yetis and then I leave the briskets in there for sometimes overnight uh, and then have them the next day. And that, man, that Yeti, once it's at the temperature you want, it'll pretty much hold that for, I don't know, 12, 24 hours. I, I've, I've gone on trips where we didn't even have to replenish the ice in, in the Yeti, you know, maybe every two days. But again, I appreciate it. Uh, it it's really great to have so many people interacting with the show. It's great to have so many people interested in the show. It's great to see us on any charts. I mean, when I first started doing this, I was just excited because I had friends in barbecue. Uh, if you've listened to some of my old episodes about my story, uh, I got into barbecue the moment I landed in Austin. I got lucky and the barbecue was right around the corner from my house. So between that and Franklin, I, I got a a real good taste for what good Texas barbecue is. And Allie from La Barbecue was just the most beautiful smiling face every time I went down there. And it was, it was before all this happened. It was before this wave started. So I would go there, they'd open at 11, I'd get there at 10:50, and they'd have these old timers playing music on the weekends. They'd have free beer. And it was, a uh, it was a much chiller thing. It was a, it wasn't this thing where you had to plan out, two or three hours in advance. It wasn't this thing where you had to wait in line all the time, but I'm not mad. You know, I like seeing my friends get popular. For example, I was just at J and L barbecue. Uh, that's been, uh, been rejected on a B I N rejected on, uh, Instagram, but Ben, uh, worked at Franklin. He started his own thing. He's got a big thousand gallon, uh, mill scale pit and him and his lady slaying barbecue there from Friday to Sunday over on uh, the Buzz Mill on East Riverside. And man, is it good. I mean, just 
The briskets are gorgeous. He always gives me a little bit of the jerky and other things he makes on the side. Uh, speaking of sides, the sides are awesome. Uh, honestly, every time I go there, I just want one of those big honking sliced brisket sandwiches. Uh, they're the best deal. I mean, you get a, bri- a sliced brisket sandwich and you're getting half the time you're getting half a pound of brisket on that thing, you know, and he, he does it up nice with a little bit of lean, a little bit of moist. The way he cooks the brisket, honestly, the lean ain't that, ain't that lean. It's, it's pretty juicy. But the beautiful thing about the show and what's happening is uh, because I'm putting everything on YouTube, because social media is changing and adapting, you know, I'm, I've used Twitter more than ever and, and these new things like TikTok and these Instagram reels are coming out and I'm going to create stuff for them. So I'm going to be making these little short clips on places to go, what to eat, what to see. Uh, and I ask you guys or I invite you to all follow it and to join in. You know, there it's not very hard to make a 30 second clip about your favorite barbecue joint. And I feel like that's my mission. You know, my goal is to spread the gospel of barbecue. My goal is to inform more people. I, I want people to come to Austin and if they've never been here before, they can Google or look up and they'll find this show and they'll find good barbecue and it'll be easy for them because we've created so much. You know, maybe I'll even make a YouTube video on how to make a a 30 second video about your favorite barbecue joint. You know, we're, we're all walking around with these video production studios in our pocket. And, uh, and I'm grateful for that because it's allowed me to travel the world and half the time I'm creating this stuff is with a few things that fit in my pocket, my phone, a little recorder, maybe some lenses. Uh, but now I have a whole backpack. I got three, four, five cameras that fit in my backpack now. I've got a little drone I can fly around. I got tripods and lights, and uh, I'm really trying to produce a show for y'all. Uh, I want this to be more than it's ever been. I want this show to grow every week, every month, every year because spreading the gospel of barbecue is not something I take lightly. Getting out there and showing the world what's happening in Texas barbecue is serious because it's so good. Because this is something that, even though it's been going on for a decade, I still think we're, you know, COVID-19 slowed it down a little bit. I think beef prices messed it up. And, And just in general, it's not easy running a restaurant. So, Not everyone, and especially the challenges of opening a restaurant, getting the capital, finding the space, that's all one challenge. On top of that, it's just hard running a business, doing taxes, pricing everything out. You know, I've talked to now hundreds of barbecue joints, and they'll tell you, any business will tell you, especially restaurants, you could spend six months running the place, buying food, selling all of it, and then realize that you broke even. These are, these are the challenges, and I invite anyone who's good with business or good with restauranting in general to reach out to the barbecue world because these guys spend two, three, four days just for one service. You know, if you think about it, like, for example, pastrami, if you have pastrami on the menu, that's a seven to 20-day process for people just to have pastrami that one day. Brisket, you know, that's something you have to trim, season, and put on the pit, you might be three, four hours in just doing that. And then on top of that, that's another 10 to 16 hour cook. Then you got to rest it for who knows how long. 
you know, you're looking at 24 to 36 hours just for one cook. And you string that together, all of a sudden, you're working on Friday just to serve on Sunday. Uh, and this isn't big news for a lot of you. This isn't, this is obvious because you're doing it. You know, you guys are probably standing in a pit right now, uh, trimming, seasoning, smelling like smoke, checking the fire. Uh, these are the things that I think are glamorous, honestly, about barbecue. But a lot of you are out there working really hard, and I want you to get credit for it. And I see that as my mission, as the guy who shows up and makes everybody look good, who shows your smiling face, who shows your shirt covered in grease, uh, who shows that it takes a lot of work, a lot of sweat, a lot of time and focus to make good barbecue. And that's what this show is all about. Uh, you know, I talked about a lot of people today. I'm sure I missed a lot of people. I've got 146 episodes. This is about to be the 147th. And I feel like we're just getting started. I and mean, I feel like there's an entire West Coast series that I haven't even touched. I owe Blake at least two episodes out there in Martin, Tennessee. Uh, we've got Dallas Fort Worth has grown and changed. We got Smiley's back open. My boy Brendan Lamb is up there. The Houston scene is just so beautiful in a hundred ways. It's so cool to see all the different ways that barbecue is growing out there. Russell Ragles has, I think, three different new specials. That's crazy. I can't wait to try all of those. I honestly, I need to spend two weeks in Houston just to try all the things. Uh, not to mention Tejas, who every other day has a new thing. I'm addicted to their chili rellenos. If, if I see anyone post, if I see anyone from Austin post anything that looks like they might be near Tomball, I'm like, yo, give me some of that chili relleno. Then they open a burger joint, which is delicious. I've had two of the burgers there. And then he just showed off some hot dog. I was like, that's not a burger. Stop making new stuff. I'm trying to eat all this stuff, and it's hard for me to keep up with it. It's hard for one guy to keep up with all the beautiful things that are happening in barbecue, all the meat, all the sauce, just all the amazing things that are happening. But uh, luckily or unluckily, this whole COVID-19 situation has forced us all to slow down. You know, I, my heart goes out to everyone who's lost someone who is truly in a tough situation. Uh, you know, when this first happened, I lost all of my marketing clients. I was doing a lot of restaurant work and all the restaurants just, you know, cut their budgets. It's tough because all of a sudden, you, you know, you're cruising at this nice altitude where you know you've got three or four clients and you're, you're, you're happy, they're happy, you're creating. And then it all disappears. It all changed instantly. And uh, I know that's happened to a lot of you out there too. And all I can say is I hope you're fighting I hope you've got family and friends and people to support you because it's not easy. Uh, these aren't easy times, but the best thing to do is to to be generous, to be grateful, to be loving. You know, as much as we're in a crappy situation, we're still better off than two thirds of the rest of the world. It's just hard, and uh, you know, we're 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 on the upswing. You know, it might be another year before dining rooms and and the the whole country opens up, but uh, I think it's okay. I think barbecue is going to survive because barbecue is patient. Barbecue is something that doesn't rush. Barbecue takes its time. And barbecue people know how to take their time. They keep cooking. They keep creating. You know, there's there, there's pits going outdoors. I've seen Backline. I've seen Moberg. I've even uh, 
Bradley Robinson at Chuds. He's always showing how he's shipping out another pit, making a new pit. There's no shortage of metal, and, and thank God there's no shortage of brisket. Uh, we had a little scare there where the prices went up, but good thing they came back down. Now, saying that, the price of brisket is cheap right now. I want to repeat that. Brisket, barbecue in general, is the cheapest it's probably ever going to be. Now, what do I mean by that? The the price of meat, the price of rent, the price of staff, the price of every little, you know, butcher paper, knives, cutting boards, every piece of equipment in a barbecue joint, all of that stuff adds up. And if you think about it, a lot of people will go to a steak place. You know, you pay $50, $60 for an 8 or 12-ounce steak. And then at the same time, you can get that much brisket for half the price. For less than half of that, usually brisket's 25 or $30 a pound. And what I'm saying is, if it goes up to $40 a pound, if it goes up to 45 that will not stop me from eating it. And it shouldn't stop you either. I'm just putting the word out now. I'm calling it today, the end of August, 2020. And I'm saying barbecue is the cheapest it will ever be. So don't let the prices, you know, if, if, if $40 a pound seems a lot, just get half a pound. You know, you don't have to eat as much barbecue as you were before. Just enjoy what's out there because this stuff's not getting any cheaper. You know, if a steak place had to spend two days making their steaks, I can tell you they wouldn't be $50. They'd be $150. And the amount of work that Texas people put into their barbecue is astounding. So barbecue ain't getting any cheaper. Brisket, not getting any cheaper. Nothing's getting cheaper. But I say that not to deter you, but to inspire you to go out there and eat it, to get it to try all the barbecue places around you because they're only going to get more expensive and they're only going to get busier. Now's a great opportunity to skip so many lines, whether it's Franklin, La Barbecue, Rollin' Smoke, JNL, all these places are doing a lot of to-go, a lot of order at the window because their dining rooms are closed or because their dining rooms are at a smaller capacity. So a lot of them are, are allowing you to, to make these to-go orders where it might have taken you two or three hours. Last year even, a lot of these barbecue joints weren't doing to go or if it was to go you had to make the order a day to you had to pick a time slot i mean there was so much logistics to it and now you can just go online and order it uh so go out there and eat your barbecue go out there and support your local joint go out there and try new places you know i'm i went out to uh out by the lake and tried this cool place called twisted barbecue uh you know he's not open every weekend uh but he's out there cooking really good barbecue with fun twists you know, adding hoisin and these other flavors to things. Uh, there is a new barbecue joint opening up every weekend sometimes here in Austin. And as much as I can, I'm going to try to eat all of it until I have a team of tasters with me. It's just me. It's going to be me doing it. And it's going to be me chasing down the stories and the food of Texas barbecue. Now, like I said, it's traveling all over the world. So if you're in another part of the world that I haven't mentioned, uh, you know, I'm, I'm talking to people that might open a place in Patagonia. I've talked to guys, you know, the Churrascada guys, uh, Quintal de Betty, uh, 
all these guys in in Brazil are doing more open fire food, but they're really curious about barbecue. They're curious, you know. Uh, Max went down there just last year and and cooked some tongue and cooked all these things at these big events, uh, and kind of blew their minds. Uh, I've seen a bunch of pictures of him with like twenty people who literally were just there picking his brain, trying to figure out how did you do this, how did you smoke this, what was the brine, how did you make that, and it's it's just incredible to see the intellect and the skills that are coming out of Texas. Uh, you know, I'm lucky where the whole world comes to Austin just to try our barbecue. Now, obviously travel's a little slower, but just in 2019, I met people from Australia, Saudi Arabia, Sweden, Denmark, London, at least 30 different states. And, uh, you know, Daniel Vaughn called Portland one of the best uh, Texas barbecue scenes outside of Texas. I think LA is one of the best barbecue scenes. You know, Danny Castillo over there in, uh, is it San, not San Luis Obispo, San Juan Capistrano. Uh, he is just opened a restaurant during a pandemic. I mean, if that's not a testament to the power of barbecue, I don't know what is. They're literally, they open a restaurant, they've got these awesome pits, they've got John Trox, this amazing photographer, hanging out there. And they even have a, a Twitter where you can keep track of the lines. So you can find out, is there a wait? There's no wait. The, the amount of innovation and the ways that people are learning to interact with barbecue are just incredible. And I could probably talk about it all day, uh, but I will wrap up with this. Uh, I feel honored. I feel grateful that I get to do this. You know, it's not my full-time job yet, but it's closer than it's ever been. And uh, I'm going to be working my butt off to be traveling by the end of the year or whenever these borders, whenever things start to open up because the story of barbecue is just getting started. I think I can do a good job telling it. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for following and subscribing and being a part of this amazing barbecue movement because I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. And I'm glad you're here. If you're in Austin or if I'm coming through your city, don't hesitate to bug me. Don't hesitate to shake my hand. Don't hesitate to say hi, because I consider my barbecue people my family. So enjoy. Go eat some barbecue. It's the cheapest it's ever been. Hey, they call me the meat man. Y'all don't see me eat now. Hit on the meat man. Y'all don't see me eat now. I got jaws like a bear trap, a teeth like a razor. I made tack tongue with a sensitive taster. I was born out in Texas called the land of beef. Never catch a muscle greener, showing the hell that like a meat on the meat man.